Welcome back to the Censored and Sent podcast. I'm your host, David Simfukwe, and we're still on our journey to live our lives Jesus-centered and Jesus-sent. Today's Bible study will be on Acts chapter 7, which is led by Philip, uh, where Stephen gives a very powerful speech to the Sanhedrin uh, in defense of uh, Jesus' teachings and Jesus being the Messiah and basically defending the gospel. And for those of you who don't know, the Sanhedrin were the Jewish, religious, legislative, and educational body of the land. Essentially, they tried to uphold Moses' law. Um, If you guys read back in the Old Testament where Moses had a very extensive list of laws and rules and regulations to follow, and these Jewish uh, Sanhedrin, the people, tried to uphold that law. Um, And then the chapter ends with Stephen being stoned to death. But it wasn't in vain uh, because he was able to still get his message out. And also he was able to see God's glory directly in his face uh, by seeing Jesus on the right hand side of God before dying there. And Acts chapter 8, which is led by Abby, goes over the persecution of the church in Jerusalem after Stephen was stoned to death. And it also goes over Philip's journey throughout multiple uh, areas of land so that he can go and spread the gospel as well. I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and God bless. Anybody have any praiseworthy stories they want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Bible quiz. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm not really, like, working, like, as much, mm-hmm. but I'm always, like, um, God always comes out of the way of like have helping me with my finances. So this has been like really good. Mm-hmm. Um and then um I think the other day he woke me up with the strong with the song. <laughs> it's kinda crazy. You know the um promises by um what's that group? Planet uh-huh. Sugar? Mm-hmm. Liberty Motion? <laughs> <laughs> Heaven something? Because it's another one, so it's heaven's music. But anyway, yeah, he woke me up with a song. Well, um, share it. Oh, my, this one. Oh, my, oh, that song. Yeah. We should have said the black people. If you say the black people, I'm gonna sue you. Huh? Mm-hmm. I just like, <laughs> 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 sorry. So I was like, black man. I think it. What is it? It felt like uh, it relates to like I guess like my my emotions. My feelings, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Like, he just woke me up with that song, and then I, that's the first thing when I woke up, I just jumped up and then I started playing it. Mm. So, it was, it was really good. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think I'm trying to learn, like, to understand what love, like, God's love is, mm-hmm. what the real importance of love, like, what his love is. That's I mean, I am definitely looking forward to Christmas and Thanksgiving in general. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I don't know, the times that those seasons are, you know, everyone's coming together in general. Everyone's coming together, families coming together, uh, people are um, just enjoying each other's company. So that's, that's what I see. And then, you know, the food changes, you know, there's... <laughs> Thanksgiving, you have all that Thanksgiving food. Uh, Christmas, you have all that Christmas food. 
um, you know, the, the movies that are there. Um, so I like that that change, that shift. It's like, it's especially what everyone experiences here, they have that to look forward to, if that makes sense. They will be expecting that. Yeah. To enjoy Christmas and Thanksgiving. Well, we make it the best Thanksgiving because I'm the one cooking the Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> Since our mom is dead? Huh? Since our mom is dead? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. mom can't move, so we have to go mm-hmm. to where she's going to be. So, um, as usual. For me, let me see how this week has been because somebody asked me about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My boss asked me about that. She's like, How are you? How was your week? And I'm like, But um, but I told her I was like uh, you know I was happy at the same time, and then at the same time I'm kind of like iffy, and then I told her I'm trying to get used to it. I'm very blunt and honest, but um, yeah, I'm, I was trying to get used to it. So I was telling her I was like I'm just trying to get used to it, but it's a shift, and I have to learn how to accept it. Mm-hmm. But in the other part of everything, um, nothing really, which is very interesting. This week has been very. <laughs> it's been very serene and it's it's been very dimensional more like you know deeper into the knowledge of God and wisdom of God and just you know seeking God as usual the same stuff you know um, yeah that's about it I want nothing to share <laughs> I know what I want to say again uh, mm-hmm. I'm uh it's like this week, I just came into like uh, a comfort in my soul mm-hmm. where like I'm not so worried about how people view me and my ailments and anything like, see I'm not wearing anything over my eyes, I'm not like, it's like I'm to the point where it is what it is, this, these are the cards that I'm dealt mm-hmm. and like as long as I'm comfortable in my skin, other people won't have a, any choice but to accept me or to not deal with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm uncomfortable. Like, you, but you I feel like you know. on that part, I feel like it's your perception because people actually don't care. And um, and I noticed that because um, when I told my boss about my HIV, he was just like, oh, like, okay. So people actually don't really care. Not that they don't care about your well-being, they actually don't care. But then I noticed my boss was treating me like a baby sometimes, like trying to make me sure that I'm okay. But I'm like, stop it, your life is out. It's so weird. I think it's like society. Because, you know, or it's just our mind. Like, you yeah. know, the mindset. We always yeah, think that people. It's on your conscience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the, the enemy playing mind games. I think that's one of the biggest uh, uh, territory that the enemy has is our mind because I've never seen I used to be okay with uh, physical fights like in the physicalness of stuff like when I went through uh, spiritual warfare the physical remember I used to talk about a lot of things that are work now that you're not working that much so your mind is taking over so you're thinking too much you're doing too much and you're worried too much so you're constantly fighting in your mind and that's the thing so it's very funny um, you know I was telling my sister the same thing about the mind and I told her like you can't 
allow the enemy to get in your mind because you don't know what somebody's thinking and that that was laughing because i was like that day i woke up I'm, I'm so tired somebody knocks on my door and i'm just like i'm not having it and then that uh, projection always projects to somebody else so it's not that voice i'm like okay but for me i can discern people's emotions so i'm like uh, it's not you and then you, I, I was like i wish people can read your mind and talk to them in your mind it's not you it's me so that kind of thing so those are the things that we have to do and then also understanding that people don't um people don't owe you a happiness you owe yourself your happiness you choose to be happy people don't owe you anything and that's what i've learned you know because i don't project my happiness on people but yet i set a standard for what i can accept in my life and what i cannot accept and it's okay to not be validated by people because that's what we want we want to be validated by people when we should be validated by christ and it, it takes a constant uh uh surrender in a sense because even myself sometimes i find myself trying to get that approval and then this time i'm trying to get approval from my friends but the whole speaker keeps on reminding me no 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 no. you can't get approval from your friends this doesn't work that way so it's always constantly you know surrendering talking about it and then throwing it away that's what i do like i talk about it so i can feel my emotions and that's why i always you know talk to you know either philip or you know David or Rachel and I just give an example. This is what I'm going through and this is what I'm feeling. Where am I wrong? Like tell me the truth. Am I right? Am I wrong? Like tell me how I am because I'm not seeing my side, you know? Mm. So and that's the way you do it. You just put your feelings out there. Ask people. Because sometimes we're very biased. <laughs> mm. We're biased because we think we're right. So and those are the things that, you know that's a lesson that I've learned this whole week. Yeah. It's not, it's not people, it's us, what we accept, and that's what it is. So whatever you're accepting is what you're going to get out, because that's what you think people are thinking about you when they're actually building you there. Yeah, that, I was always hard on myself. Mm-hmm. Like basically, full of like, regret. Mm-hmm. Like, it's my fault, everything happened. Like, I, I wasn't calling people. That's really what made me distant. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I did this, so I'm dealing with it on my own. Mm-hmm. All I got is this on my mind, and all I want to do is try to get better. Mm-hmm. So I really don't really want to talk to nobody. Cause like, I know that this ain't, this isn't as important to them. And like, you still lying to me the whole time. I'm thinking like, I want to be me at my at my fullest. Yeah. But I don't want you to go outside and thinking that people actually don't care. Does that make sense? They don't go outside thinking that people don't care. It's not as prevalent as something because they see you and they're like, oh, you're, you're okay. I think that's what matters to people. You're okay and you're moving about, you know, but if something else. And remember, you're also biased because you don't want help. Remember when, when I try to, if anybody tries to help, pick up your shoes, you always give an attitude. You go like, no, I can do it myself. I can help. So you gotta understand that that is also on you. So you gotta understand. You gotta be in the middle. You can't just have yeah, everything. Yeah, people end up falling back. <laughs> it's like they, I start feeling like they're doing too much. Now they just fall completely back. Yeah, because you, yeah, you, you right. keep on telling people see so like go left, go right, go no, don't do that. So people are like, what? Well, I'm confused. So how am I supposed to help? You know, and people don't want to help because of anything. It's because of concern so they overdo things that's what i've noticed like they overdo things in order to protect you 
Yeah, my dad like can't even move around. Watch out, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> So we are in Acts 7. We're going to read the entire thing. Um, it is 60 verses long, but uh, we're going to just stop in specific areas and I'll ask you guys questions about what you think about uh, these specific areas. Uh, but it's also a really good like book to re- uh, chapter to read because it helps uh, 
show us like the gospel why what happens to lead us to this point where Stephen is explaining this to the high priests themselves um, so I think yeah it is help us have that uh, overarching perspective like if you want someone who hasn't read the Old Testament before you can read them lead them to Acts 7 and be like oh this is really what the Old Testament is are you okay? So there are, we're going to read one, two, seven. Um, David, you can start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, book, the book of Acts. Oh. Acts Act seven. seven. Yeah. So we're going to pray beforehand. Um, all right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you are with us even in this moment, that you have come into this present, into our presence, Lord Jesus, and you have made yourself known to us, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, even for the conversation that we are going to have, <coughs> that will be guided by you, and that yeah, your spirit will inspire us, Lord, uh, to say the things that you want uh, us to hear, uh, and all the things that you want us to take with us, Father. Holy Spirit, just thanking you even for the life of uh, Stephen, Lord, um, who was uh, an exemplar of what it means to be a, a Christian, uh, even in our day and age where uh, most of us hostility is going to come from us uh, through words uh, and then, uh, God forbid, actions are against us. But Lord, we are uh, ready because Lord, your word says that blessed are we when we are persecuted and we are hated. Uh, for your name's sake um, because it was done to the prophets and then ultimately it was done to you. Well, we thank you, Father, even uh, for uh, the rest of the night that you're going to be with us and you're going to uh, be in our conversations even then. Just sing we pray. Amen. 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 <coughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Seven, one, two, seven. Then the high priest asked Stephen, are these charges true? To this he replied, brothers and fathers, listen to me. God of glory appears to our father Abraham uh, while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Leave your country and your people, God said, and to go uh, and to go to wait and go to the land I show you. So he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. After the death of his father, God sent him to this land where you are now living. He gave him no inheritance here, not even enough ground to set his foot on. Uh, but God promised him that he, ha he and his descendants after him would possess the land, even though at, the, at that time Abraham had no child. God spoke to him in this way for 400 years. Your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves. God said, and afterward they will come out of that country and worship me in this place. Uh, so what I saw from verse 1 to 7 was, especially verse 6 and 5, God's positive promises. Um, I stress the word positive in the sense that these are uh, promises of God that have beautiful outcomes to them. They're not negative in the sense that they're consequential, right? Your actions, if you do this, then you will... Uh, uh, if you do this, then this consequence is going to come against you. Um, 
in your mind, what are some positive promises that God has done for you? Positive promises. <laughs> so the contrast I was making was, you know, because God, especially with the kings, you know, he would say, if you obey me, I'll do this for you, right? And then when they sinned, he's like, because you've done this, you know, the kingdom is going to be ripped away from you. And then, you know, all of this just mayhem happened, right? So when I say positive, it's like, you know, God says, oh, it's to Sarah, right? You're going to have a child and it's going to happen. doesn't matter what you've done. It's going to happen. She ended up having a child even though she had uh, Hagar or Abraham had Hagar and Ishmael. So God's positive promises. For me, it was college, right? So... Um, when I went through my college career, I was like, okay, God, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, is this really what you want me to do? Especially when I was not as faithful to college as I was supposed to be. And when I was like, okay, I need to restructure myself. I need to focus. Like, you know, I'm giving opportunity after opportunity. They're not kicking me out yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, okay if you want me to do this and I'll just keep going and then here we are you know so I think that's that's a positive promise like God's like okay you're going to finish college but you know you had struggles you had things but it happened yeah. I think it's a word you think it's a word? Yeah, I think that's a word mm-hmm. no. how so? because my college like through a blackout whoop 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 yeah yeah but I know that I'm going to finish and I think I'm going to finish great I think for me it's basically everything that has happened so far in terms of starting with uh, the promise of graduating high school because mm-hmm. um, as you guys know I wasn't a very good high school or call or not even high school but ever since sixth grade and onwards it was rough right I was that's when I started actually getting C's and a D was still passing so mm-hmm. hey, I passed um, but then I didn't realize how much of a you know hindrance it would be up until I got to 12th grade and they were saying hey you're literally going to flunk out no it's 11th grade said you're gonna get kicked out of Paxson because you need to maintain a 2.0 and I was at a (laughs) 2.0 so they were like yeah you you need to get your grades up or else you're gonna get kicked out and I was like I don't have motivation and then they were like well your motivation should be you're going to fail (laughs) that that still doesn't help anyway anyway but uh, 12th grade was when I the first time in my 6th grade to 12th grade career where I ever got A's and B's, straight A's and B's because I wanted to pass and I wanted mm-hmm. to get into UNF. So started there. And then next promise would be, you know, graduating college. Mm-hmm. Again, rough. I lost, almost lost my scholarship as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but got it back. Was on probation up until I graduated. Mm-hmm. And I graduated again. And then getting the job, got that. And then coming here and having a place to live. So promise after promise being fulfilled mm-hmm. yeah What's the, question? Uh, the question is what are some of God's positive promises in our lives that despite the things that are going to happen that sorry that did happen to us to try and hinder us and try and stop those things from happening uh, that they happen uh, versus negative consequences where you do something wrong then this thing is going to happen to you like you know positive promises where some of those that God has 
Uh, yeah, Rachel, me, David, and oh. um, uh, I think um, God's faithfulness is mm. one of the poignant things in my life because honestly, um, I have never had to uh, like I've never had to struggle, even though people can define struggle a different way. But for me, I've always taken it like. Um, a delight, comfortable joy, mm -hmm. that the person's suffering is not, um, is not as bad as what the outcome is going to be. So in that outcome, I'll say his faithfulness, God has never changed his mind about my life. Mm -hmm. I've messed up a lot and, you know. <laughs> and then I had to remember his, uh, his promises. Like, everything that he ever spoke over my life, you know, has happened. And I'm just waiting for more. So, that's about it. Okay. Yeah, but even in those struggling, it still happened. So, yeah. so he's faithful. Anything for you, uh, Henry? God's positive promises. Those, um, those are the good things that he's promised you that despite everything that you've done wrong, <laughs> they still happen. For my side, the thing is God uh, love towards me because um, as never said, um, I never struggled mm. in my school or college or mm -hmm. life in general because I was raised by my grandparents and they were taking care of everything. I didn't, I didn't struggle, like, really, really struggle, like, as a, okay. some other kids, mm -hmm. maybe in school, I didn't um, struggle, but still, all of that is because of God's love, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. How about you, Deeks? I, uh, I can say two promises.
Is there like a silent switch? On the you can put a silent iPhone? switch on the side. No, I'm gonna turn on airplane. You need to go oh, like that. Uh, uh, yeah, airplane. Maybe. No, cool. you should have one of those. Like, yeah, on the iPhone, there should be a switch on above the volume buttons. You have. Uh, above the volume. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just put it silent. Yeah, people love talking. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because we said two points. <laughs> And she always bring that up every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, because Professor used to be like, deuced. Yeah, he did. And then her phone would break. That's funny. That's funny. Alright, so this next section is uh, 8 to 34, but we're going to read 9 each. So I'll read 8 to 16. You read 17 to 25. And then you read 26 to 34. No, I can remind you. Just, you stop at 25, you stop at 34. Okay. I stop at 16. So you just pick up after I just stop reading. Okay. Uh, then he gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision, and Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him eight days after he his birth. What are we reading? So where, Acts? Where is Titus? Eight. <coughs> Acts chapter 7, oh. verse 8. Yes. Uh, yeah, I can start. Uh, then he gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision, and Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him eight days after his birth. Later, Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob became the father of the twelve patriarchs. Because the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So Pharaoh made him ruler over Egypt and all his palace. Then a famine struck all Egypt and Canaan, bringing great suffering, and our ancestors could not find food. When Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent our forefathers on their first visit. On their second visit, 
Joseph told his brothers who he was, and Pharaoh learned about Joseph's family. After this, Joseph sent for his father, Jacob, and his whole family, 75 in all. Then Jacob went down to Egypt, when, uh, where he and our ancestors died. Oh, oh no. Their bodies were brought back to Shechem and placed in the tomb that Abraham had bought for, from the sons of uh, Hamor at Shechem for a certain sum of money. As the time drew near for God to fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt and had greatly increased. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power, came to power in Egypt. He dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our ancestors by forcing them to throw out their newborn babies so that they would die. At that time, Moses was born, and he was no ordinary child. For three months, he was cared for by his family. When he was placed outside Pharaoh's daughter's when he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all of the wisdom of Egypt of the Egyptians and and was powerful in speech and action. When Moses was forty years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. He saw one of them being mistreated by the Egyptians, so he went to his defense and avenged him for killing the Egyptians. Moses thought his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. The next day Moses came upon two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them by saying, Man, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai, where he saw his, where, where, I mean, when he saw this, he was amazed at his sight. As he went over to get a closer look, he heard the Lord say, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for the place you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppressed of my people in Egypt. I have heard the groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. Mm. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the. I'm going to ask you guys. It's a huge section, but what did you guys see in this section? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, this is kind of funny. I love how Stephen talked about Moses, but he was like, he was well educated in speech. Yeah. But if you read the, the book, uh, is it, what is it, Deuteronomy? Exodus. Oh. Exodus. Whichever way, which one is the one that God calls him out? Exodus. Oh, yeah, Exodus yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it tells you that he was mumbling and couldn't speak. <laughs> so, yes, he's well educated in speech. So, I'm like, this is very ironic. I'm yeah. like, are you telling the truth? But, 
wasn't eating while smoking. No, the, the God had God gave him the ability. So with his own strength, he wasn't. Mm-hmm. With God, he was. And I think it was he. It's the fact that he was going to speak to a higher person, person. that was ultimately it because you know God used Aaron to speak to uh, the Pharaoh and he would say you know tell Aaron this tell Aaron this but once they moved into the wilderness it was like Moses you know just speaking to the people and telling them what to do so it was he got used to it yeah and he just you get used to it <laughs> exactly when God calls you get used to it yeah that's why practice makes perfect exactly <laughs> I think um so you talked about, I guess, like the the trap, like what the person was, and then their trial, mm-hmm. and then what God did for them to like overcome. Mm-hmm. So it's just like how, like in, in Hebrews, I guess, where he also had like the other, he listed some of the same people, mm-hmm. the different people. Um, the faith in him. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's really, I guess, cool that you know Moses wrote the first five books <coughs> and the way uh, someone explained this to me was like um, he wrote them through genealogies so you would have like you know here's the genealogy of Abraham and then Abraham bore Isaac and then you would follow Isaac's story and then you would like okay Isaac bore Jacob and Esau and here are their storylines you know for Esau just a little bit and then you follow Jacob's storyline and you know you see his, his life and whatnot um, but that's that's the cool thing about it. It's like, as you're pointing out, the struggle of each person, the way God was able to redeem that person, and that's actually what I saw in verse 34. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. And like, I see God's like redeeming quality there because Moses killed a person, and it says that you know he would have hoped that they saw him as God's way of redeeming to people but 40 years before he was doing it in his own power mm-hmm. 40 years after now he's going back and doing it in God's power excuse me and um, and this time it's, it's gonna work one uh, but number two what the guy what he was thinking he was supposed to be like he knew that is what he became mm-hmm. right? he still became that ruler and judge over them even though the guy mocked him about it like do you think you're supposed to be our ruler and judge mm-hmm. but, that's very powerful. Yeah. So, yeah, what else do you guys mm. see? Is this easier? Do you think you're going to just talk about? Uh, I think when going back, uh, I went back to a little bit of in the beginning. In the beginning, where Stephen was talking, um, uh, what is it? Uh, I love how, um, sorry, I had to go back, but it's just something that was in my spirit when we started. Mm. Uh, I love how God, um, there's a conditioning that God does. If you notice that um, in the beginning where he says that I made this promise, but that promise, when you come out of this, you worship me. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, God has a, uh, it might be you know, when we go through a lot of weight, we might think that this is, you know so mean and this is so bad and stuff like that but ultimately when we focus on God God says out of you know 
of um, ashes are made beautiful. And that's basically what happens. Because as you notice about the, you know, the Israelites, he even says that over here, he's like, at the end, they'll come out and mm-hmm. they will worship me. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the ultimate goal. Like, God comes us out because it's, he wants to put us in this variation so that he can be the only one. So, for me, that's what I always see in that, in the story. That's why a lot of people, when they're talking about, like, you know, prophetic word, they were like, the wilderness. The wilderness is just the pruning of you understanding that you cannot live your life. You need a savior to save you always. Mm-hmm. You need to glorify him. You need to look at him so you understand. And that is what, you know, the whole thing is. So, yeah. All right. So the next section is just the end. Uh, it will be split between you two. You're reading 13 each. So, uh, Henry, you're going to be um, 35 to 47, and then 48 to the end, Susan. This same Moses, they had rejected the words, who made you ruler and judge? You were said to be the their ruler and delivered by God himself through the angel, who appeared to him in the bush. He led them out of Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt and the Red Sea and for 40 years in the wilderness. This is the Moses who told the Israelites, God will will rise up for you a prophet like me from your own people. He was in the assembly in the witness with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our ancestors and he received a living word to pass on to us. But our ancestors refused to obey him. Instead, they rejected him and in their hearts turned back to Egypt. They told Aaron, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who led us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. That was the time they made an idol in the form of a calf. They brought sacrifice to it and revealed in what their own hand had made. But God turned away from them and gave them over to the worship of the sun, moon, and stars. This agrees with what is written in the book of prophets. Did you bring me sacrifice and offering for years in the wilderness, people of Israel? You have taken up the tabernacle. And the star of your God, Rephan, the idol you made to worship. Therefore, I will send you into exile before Babylon, beyond Babylon. Our centers had the tabernacle of the covenant law with them in the wilderness. It had been made as God directed Moses according to the pattern he had seen. After receiving 
the Tamna, our ancestors under Joshua, brought it them when they took the land from their nation, nations, God drove out before them. He remained in the land until the time of David. Who enjoyed God now? Who enjoyed God's favor and <laughs> that he might provide a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for him. However, the Most High does not live in houses made by human hands. As the prophet says, Heaven is my throne, and the throne is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me? Says the Lord. Or where will my rest where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? You stiff necked people. Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who received the law that was given through angels but have not obeyed it. How much more? Uh, the whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God in Jesus. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Oh, man. Um, just a comment. I didn't realize that verse 35 was just going to say exactly what, what I mentioned, which was, um, uh, what was it? that Stephen was pointing out they um, like this is the same as this they had rejected with the word uh, yeah with the words who made you ruler and judge he was sent to be the ruler and deliverer and deliverer by God himself though the angel who appeared to him uh, sorry through the angel who appeared to him in the bush um, yeah I had mentioned like I made that connection but I forgot that it was an actual verse where yeah, yeah. yeah where uh, Stephen pointed out the irony of the guy who was like, who made you rule and judge? And that's who Moses became. But, um, yeah, what do you guys see in this section? Um, for me, I see <coughs> um, verse 48. Uh, however, the Most High does not live in houses made by human hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? 
uh, what I love about this verse is um, even though God's saying this, He still considers us His temple. Yeah, His the body. Yeah, the temple of the Holy Spirit, um, and He takes delight in uh, living in us because a lot of us at times would like to not live in our own uh, body, our own life, and stuff like that. Um, just uh, because, okay, we, we may be dissatisfied in where we are at, but God's like, no, like, this is where I want to be. No matter what, no matter what you go through, no matter what you do, I want to live here with you. I want to continue in close communion with you. Um, and I want to intentionally confine myself here. Um, kind of, honestly, it's like marriage because in marriage, uh, you know, you're not, you have that mindset of, I'm not leaving. I'm going to be here. I'm going to stay here with you. And so that's what the Holy Spirit is saying. Like, I'm going, to, this is a covenant. I'm going to stay here with you. So that's what I saw. That's good. That's powerful. Thank you. Yeah. And probably what makes marriage so sacred is like the same, like, first married to the Father. Mm -hmm. And then you give him another person the love that you have for God. If you don't know God, you don't know love. Um, I find it hilarious. Really? For this part, not really Stephen's reaction, but oh yeah. Um, Will they close the ears? <laughs> there was that. So fifty-one, you stiff-necked people, uh, hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. Ah, was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They had, they even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one, and now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was given through angels but have not obeyed it yeah the part where he's like was there a prophet your ancestors did not persecute I mean at some point they had to realize that they've been telling the truth over and over and over again but yet every time they end up stoning them yeah you know, so mm -hmm. yeah so when is so the truth not in them. Exactly, yeah. mm -hmm. and then confused about was 58 meanwhile the witnesses laid their co coats at the feet of a young man named Saul mm. why mm -hmm. um <laughs> I don't know a lot of people have like speculated oh let me see something I'm looking at this now mm -hmm. a lot of people have speculated like you know you take off your coat and you, and I guess Saul was a highly honored person, especially now, right? Like he was, you know, getting letters from the churches and was under special authority to arrest or even kill 
uh, Christians specifically. Oh yeah, who's living that in the area. Yes. Yeah, that's why. And yeah, so basically, honestly, it might be like an honor thing. Like you know, this is uh, this is a highly respected person. I I've heard I think Pastor Joby say like they were like taking off their coats so that they can like properly stone Stephen, right? Like you have you don't have this like huge thing on you. You take it off, wash this for me, and then carry on. I don't know. It's just. It's all speculation, I guess. So, were the people who were stoned? What? Hmm? Were the people who were stoned, were they the priests or just the outsiders? Like the oh, yeah. The just a, like, uh, yeah, witnesses that was, because beforehand, what was it? Right in chapter 6 at the end, they had pulled him into the, uh, in front of the Sanhedrin, and all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen and they saw that his face, this is the last verse, so they, that his face was the face, was like the face of an angel. Um, okay, I have a question. Yes. What did these groups by the river mean at all to? You know what's going on in the story? This began there. Yeah, but it needs to read. Just because one person is reading the other one doesn't mean that's what they meant. But, the, yeah, I mean, the all question of that one. That one, again, I just, I've, like, heard of it, but I just knew there was just speculation around it. <coughs> yeah, I, I kind of feel it like an introduction. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like a sign that he was next in, uh, next in line, mm-hmm. being in charge, mm-hmm. you know, because putting your coat down and then that's showing honor. Mm-hmm. It could have been idolatry too. So it was like foreshadowing that oh, there's this young man named Saul. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's a good one. That's why verse 13 in chapter 6 it says they produced false witnesses who testified this fellow never stopped speaking against the holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us while we were sitting in the Sanhedrin looking at it. So, because um, they pulled him out of a crowd, so literally just everyone. Mm-hmm. It just be everyone. And we were saying, like, it's just an honor thing for Saul himself. <coughs> the thing that I just um, noticed is that these people, you know, when you went back to um, chapter 6, <laughs> these people were uh, re- so religious that they viewed Moses too much higher than God, actually. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they mm-hmm. put the law over God. When you said they look uh, more up the more Moses than God. Because mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. everything was Moses, this, Moses that. <laughs> <laughs> It was God. Well, Moses, we're practicing the law of Moses. And so Moses became their God to be exact. Yeah, I thought too, the Mosaic law. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of like a religion. Yeah. So very interesting. Hmm. It, yeah, and even when Jesus was talking to them, I think in John 7, 8, definitely chapter 8. That's when he was arguing about who is he, right? That's when he said, I am, I am who I am, and then they wanted to stone him. 
Um, but before that, he was telling them, like, you guys are orphans. And they're like, no, our father is Abraham. Right? And then he's like, I know, uh, I was before Abraham. Actually, that's what he said, sorry. Before Abraham was, I am. Mm-hmm. And that's when they tried to sell him. But I think, yeah, you're right. They had this God view of their patriarch. Like, mm-hmm. they're the... The gods. Yeah. So... I do feel still though even now people hold pastors and preachers over the people over who the pastor and preacher is preaching about right so and that's the reason why God is um, stepping towards theology Mm -hmm. that's the reason why things are changing no it's not about the person it's about you know a generation that is both for Christ and that's the one that's coming I do get scared myself because I'm listening to you know Ravi Zacharias and even Joby heck and I feel as though that I did used to hold them over up, up to like a certain standard like oh gosh man, they can never be wrong they're probably right about everything but then I think that's so one like, of the biggest thing that everybody has is because you, you you put that person and you forget that you know they also you know use and when they make mistakes and you start hating them mm-hmm. because you don't want to put them in that <laughs> you put them on that pedestal and then when they mess up you're like oh you know and this is why God says you know he is who he is mm-hmm. he's a never changing God mm-hmm. I think um, what is it yeah like even <coughs> with Stephen's life um, you saw what I wrote uh, Stephen's life shows us what it's like to live like Christ to speak the truth in love, even excuse me, even in hostility, and to forgive those who are hostile toward us. So that is the idea of this entire chapter. Right? <clears throat> he was able to explain uh, their whole law. They actually knew all of what he was saying, but he was able to connect it back into this is who Jesus is, uh, and then also um, he was able to show them their hearts, right? you guys are doing the same exact things that your ancestors did. Uh, when will you ever learn? When will you ever change? Because the verse that kept coming to mind is like, you are ever seeing but never perceiving. You are ever hearing but never understanding. Mm-hmm. And so that was their life. But at the same time, uh, Stephen shows us that even in our lives, <clears throat> when we are speaking the truth and people are not listening to us and they may even get hostile toward us, uh, you know, rejoice, this is what they did to the prophets, this is what they did to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, mm-hmm. That's it. Okay, so we're doing chapter 8. And I'm looking at the whole thing. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to stop wherever I need to stop. Mm-hmm. I read it, but you know how I am. And so approved of their killing him. So the the your answer answers. <laughs> <laughs> your answer right. answers you too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Church persecution started. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but so began to destroy the church, going from 
house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Okay. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowd heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks and pure spirits came out of many, and and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. So I didn't get anything from this one, but if you guys want to elaborate, anybody want to talk about it? Does no. anybody have anything? Yeah, I like this section just simply because <clears throat> um, it shows. There's a verse in Romans um, that it's, this is the gospel of power, or the power of the gospel. I forget how it's uh, shown. Um, and with the gospel, signs and wonders and all of this stuff follow naturally. Um, and I think, you know, uh, people want to divorce the two. Like they just think the word of God is going to be enough, but. I feel like a lot of people are, are, are seeking uh, for signs, they're seeking for the hand of God um, in our lives. And so, right, mm-hmm. it says they paid close attention and they saw the signs and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe at some point we could probably pray while we're speaking to people and you can tell that they're uh, not being receptive or they're close to being receptive. It's like, God, how can we prove, uh, how can we show your power right now? Your gospel is there, how can we show that it is powerful, that it is alive, that it is active, and able to transform people's lives? That's what it's doing here. Yeah, well, as we know, you know, Timothy talks about the word of God is alive, it penetrates. So even though the person at that moment may not be feeling anything, the word of God is piercing, you know, cutting through the bone and marrow. So, you know, it's alive, it's doing its work. I mean, for some people it takes lower than <laughs> and others it just takes you, you know, and you move away from that. But at the same time, um, like my friend, the word of God th- took three years for her <laughs> to change. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what it is, you know. Um, you know, some takes slower, and this is why we, we reminded with Paul, when Paul reminds us that, you know, um, we are sowers, we're planters, and God does the rest. God, Apollos waters, yeah, plants, yeah, God causes the growth, yeah. So, and God ends up because a lot of people, when we're preaching the gospel, we always want to change people a lot, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, no. And then I think, um, I met one of my friends, you know, I think he's always waiting for me to to give him like the room stuff about Christianity, it's so funny. And I'm like, I'm not one of those people if you're waiting for that kind of. Because he always thinks I'm going to judge him or anything like that. Mm. So every time I always surprise him. Like I never say anything. I just listen to him. Mm. It's very interesting. Um, yeah. So that's what I've learned. I learned that uh, a while ago mm. when, um, yeah, somebody told me something very profound. And I was like, because my zeal for Christ is trying to make somebody understand that God is good. And some people don't get it. So it's kind of hard to show that. So until you leave out the life, instead of trying to preach and make noise, mm-hmm. just be yourself and let the signs and wonders follow your life. Because what? Guess what? People are watching. Mm-hmm. Whether and that's why I would say people also kind of watch them. 
you know, mocking or, you know, to see if this guy that you follow is true to his word. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, the word of God testified to himself. That's why, you know, God will prove himself. You don't need, he doesn't need help. Mm -hmm. He proves himself. When the word completes, it works. It's um, whatever it came in our lives to do. And when he does that, it will complete itself and show itself through. Because it's the word of God. So, yeah. So, sorry guys. I'm a little woozy, tired. Don't get it today. My favorite part. <coughs> Now for, the, uh, now for some time, an, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. All the people, both high and low, gave him their attention, exclaimed, this man is greatly, this man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery, but when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that some when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, had, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So, who over here has been baptized? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who in here has received the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. oh. Okay. So, the reason why the reason why I say this is because, like, when I was like, um, in, I don't know, in college, no, that's so old. When I was in college, I remember one time, you know, I was so confused between, like, you know, the Holy Spirit. It's not that I did not receive the Holy Spirit. It's because the way people preach the Holy Spirit, so you get confused about all that stuff. And then, you know, people were telling me, oh, you didn't get baptized in the name of Jesus. But, <laughs> as I was looking through my uh, my stuff, uh, when Pastor, um, what's his name? Pastor Crook baptized us. He mm -hmm. says in the name of the Father, Son, with mm -hmm. the alphabet on it. So I was looking around, and I was, I swore so hard. I was like, you know, I swore so hard. I was like, maybe I didn't get baptized in the name of Jesus. So I got baptized again because of the theology of people confusing me. And that is the reason why, you know, all of us need to understand what the Word of God says. And you need to know who you are in Christ. Because if you don't know who you are in Christ, you are going to be swayed off. Because a lot of people, they mean well, but they will add on their emotions into preaching the gospel. So therefore, the gospel is going to get tinted and it's going to do everything else. Because, you know, when we give out the gospel, we are testifying. That's why, you know, I think Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 reminds us all the time saying that, you know, they overcome by the blood, you know, by the lamb. What? 
by the blood of the lamb. Mm -hmm. So we overcome by the blood of the lamb through the testimony of Jesus Christ. So which is the greatest testimony ever because we overcome because of Jesus' blood. Now, I think Paul reminds us all the time saying that even our testimonies are okay, but Jesus' testimony is greater than our testimonies. So because our testimonies are a little bit tainted because we, you know, we're a little biased in our relationship. So therefore, when we preach out whatever it is, we are going to preach out, you know, things that are mixed with our emotions and then, you know, a little bit of Jesus. And that's what I like about that because, like, there's grace there. But um, as we saw in the other chapter, we noticed that, like, um, what is his name? What's his name? Simon, the one who practiced the sorcery. I like his story because we're going to read a little bit more about him. So, um, you know, people put him in high esteem, but yes, he was like, who is this person coming around with greater power than me? Because clearly the people saw him as somebody who was very powerful and stuff like that. So, um, you know, and they gave him attention, but when the other people came, they gave more attention to the truth. So, and that's what happens because... Um, if something does not have the truth in that situation, like the way we see Simon, you know, walking around and stuff, then the real truth comes in and it overrides the the power, which is the human power. So for me in this situation, it just made me so amazed to see that, you know, the Holy Spirit, when he moves, you know, when we receive him, how much power, you know, comes along with him, you know, which is basically signs and wonders and stuff. And then going back to the thing that you were saying about, like, you know, people try to separate that. I think the reason why they try to separate that is because people always try to preach the gospel as in you have to be poor, you have to do that. But the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything shall be added unto us, right? So, and that's the biggest thing that, you know, I believe that, you know, if we look at, you know, the people in the Bible, Abraham and Isaac, all those, all those people, they were always in God's, um, seeking God, and yet they accumulated wealth. So I don't never believe that, you know, because if you are going to preach the gospel, you need to have money. So, you know, it's just people come with different motives, you know, to gain money, as we see for Simon. You know, you have different motives to go for the gospel and stuff like that. Because, and then on top of that, um, one of the biggest things that I've seen in a lot of people who are gospel preachers right now is that, you know, one of the things that ticks me off, <laughs> the offering. Okay. Every time when they have a life, can I get some money? Like, can't you just preach? The person that called you will provide for you, mm-hmm. you know? And that's the thing that I always think about, like, and I've, I've, I can testify to that because, you know, when the Holy Spirit knows I need something, he always gives it to me. Whether it's him giving it to me in a way that I need to work for it, you know, that is access to financial gain. Mm-hmm. You know, he has given me opportunity to accumulate whatever it is that I need to accumulate. Mm-hmm. So in that position, we have to use those resources when God allows that. So, and that's what I see it as. So, um, yeah, like, <laughs> all that was great. But, uh, yeah, there was, um, I was looking at Revelation 12, verse 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, I, uh, what I saw in how uh, you were saying it, it's like, 
know, God's, uh, of Jesus' blood, you know, helps them overcome. Jesus' blood is the overcoming power. And uh, what I love about this verse as well is like, uh, Jesus is saying like, your testimony, as you have alluded to a lot of times, especially with what you've struggled with, uh, has healed people. Right? People have come to you personally and said, wow, I identify with your particular story and you know, I'm glad that you shared it. You know, and so um, I think, yeah, people, uh, you, uh, people's testimonies have that much power in order to transform other people's lives because I think a lot of people, like if you saw them, like the blood of the lamb saved you, it goes over their head because they're like, this is, you know, say Bible language. But once they, you come to the point where it's like, you know, I was struggling in this way, um, and this is how Jesus saved me and provided for me, they're like, yes, I can definitely identify that with that because that's something I'm struggling with now or have struggled with in, in the past. So, like, it just gives credence to, like, uh, Jesus' testimony and the one that he's given us is beautiful uh, and work uh, well in testifying to the goodness of God ultimately to everyone. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, because I heard you say, like, um, Jesus' testimony is greater, and that is true. Um, but I also see that in this verse, Jesus is saying, like, I, your testimony is so vital in transforming uh, people's lives because they need to see it there. Yeah, they need to see it accomplished in someone's life. Um, and if it's yours, then perfect. Cause then yeah. No, I understand what you mean, but yeah. in my level of thinking, we already know, we, already, we always talk about the uh, overcoming aspect of testimonies, but we also realize that Paul talks about Jesus' testimony is the greatest. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was alluding to. And yeah, that's, yeah, greatest, yeah. that's basically yeah. what I was saying. It wasn't because of, um, I understand that people have to relate because you know somebody to understand where you came from so they can understand that you've been through the fire how did you overcome it mm-hmm. no i understand that but you know it's n- not in a repetitious kind of way because i know that you guys understand that level this is why i didn't partake in that but i was lo- looking at the other side of how paul describes you know the greatest testimony of these is jesus christ mm-hmm. and that's what i was uh, alluding to actually mm-hmm. so no i understand where you're coming from but I was alluding just to Jesus. <laughs> That's what I wanted to point out. <laughs> so, no, I understand that. So, and then um, they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon, so verse 18, mm-hmm. when Simon saw the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. And he said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So I love, you know, the next context because like, you know, when you receive the gifts of the spirit, it is at the spirit. It is the will of the spirit to mm-hmm. intercede and intervene according to to whatever he wishes. I mean, whatever he wills, not the one he wishes, whatever he wills in whatever situation it is. And we testify to that one uh, in the Corinthians verse. Of, I don't know which one is which where the gifts are. Where it takes about the you know the spirit of God to one he does this to one he does that to one you know and it's it's very amazing to know that you cannot buy anything and then the coolest thing about you know the the Holy Spirit that he does whatever he wishes and mm-hmm. he can also use a donkey you know we saw that in um, the Book of Kings when that man the one that slapped the donkey mm-hmm. I forgot his name. 
Uh, it was in Numbers. Oh, Numbers, yeah. Barack. Yeah. Because of him. That was an angel with a <laughs> So, and then you, you can, you understand the power. And one of the biggest things that I always say is that to receive these signs and the wonders and miracles, sometimes God may use signs, miracles, and wonders, and sometimes God can use these signs, miracles, and wonders for us to pursue him more. Does that make sense? Like, because you're waiting for that sign. Sometimes that sign can be a promise. And then you have to literally understand that I need to, in order to stay faithful, I need to stay put, keep on praying, and keep on waiting. So, and the Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. So, and those are the things that we have to understand. So, in your lives, um, what are your expectations as believers, as you walk your life? What are the, some, some of the signs and wonders that you want to attain? Because when you pray, you receive power from the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people don't understand that. Like, when you pray, you receive power from the Holy Spirit. So you do have, you know, the power to cast out demons, mm -hmm. to heal the sick, you know, a lot of things that the Bible promises us. So for you guys in your walk with Christ, what are some of the signs and wonders that you would like to, you know, be able to allow the Holy Spirit to use you in your life and be able to do that? Mm -hmm. When you allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you. For me, so like my job, mm -hmm. like people don't want to wait for me to like get it something. It's like probably not feeling well that day or something. You know, maybe just at least praying for them and allowing the Holy Spirit to just allow them to feel better and to do them. What is the most? What, what What are the most things that you desire? Because some. Um, sometimes I know one thing I've noticed is like whatever you have desired a lot and the most thing that you prayed about um, They're called um, Injustices they're called um, I don't know what to call them the things that bother you the most the most about life And then you want to see that change What would be that? That's where the Holy Spirit can use you in that area. So the thing that bugs you the most Poor people Poor people? Yeah. No. Especially elderly homeless people Yeah. So then you need to start praying for that so God can use you for the signs and wonders and miracles, whether it's just you, you know, being a hand to somebody or just being loving to somebody or showing love, you know, you know, just give him, you know, ask him to give you the burning desire to be able to do that. Like to have the strength and to have the you know, ability and the resources. Or come up with the idea of doing things. You know, that's the thing. Anybody else? Anybody has a burning desire that they want the Holy Spirit to just fulfill them and allow them to have, you know, that power to be able to bring, you know, breakthrough to somebody or healing or something. Um, like, hmm. it's, I guess not specific power, but, well, I guess, um, it is power. <laughs> well, well yeah, I guess, like, if I were to define it, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say, like, I want, you know, one the of the but yeah, it would just be like the boldness to, um, to to just share, um, yeah, just just boldness to share what God wants for that person to hear in that moment. Because a lot of times <clears throat> you're you're talking to people, you're talking, you're talking, and then you know they're opening up a little bit, 
and they're slowly opening it up, and then you're like, do I, how do I speak to this person so that they uh, don't, like, recoil back, because you're trying to, like, not, you, you want to, like, lead them in the, to the answer instead of, like, just solving the issue for them, you know what I mean? But you know that when you walk into that territory, you, you might unlock more stuff about that person, or they may just, like, cut you off so you get like rejected for moving and, and uh, influencing that area of their life, right? So you're talking to your neighbor and you guys are talking about the pandemic and you're like, no, you're talking about the pandemic and you're like, you know, how's this treating you? You know, how are you guys, like, you know, existing? How are you guys um, uh, moving and, and living in this time? And you know, they're like, you know, everything's good. You know, <laughs> everything's good, everything's fine and whatnot, but you know, everyone is dealing with things in their own way, um, and you know, and they're also trying to figure out like what what are their next steps in life, right? Like now, some of them may have lost jobs, and like okay, uh, or they're moving different careers. So just that boldness to be like, oh man, I feel like you know, I feel like we should begin to pursue this because I feel like you know, it's just it's just a feeling. Just begin to pursue this whatever that is, and so getting to that point where you're like, okay, God, should I say this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Should I say this one thing that is, uh, is going to be, um, hopefully beneficial or they're like, eh, I don't want, I don't want that advice. And then you just move on. And then you're like, okay, I'm just not going to suggest anything. So for me, I guess it would just be that boldness to be like, it doesn't matter how they receive it. It doesn't matter if they receive it in the first place or we continue down on the conversation. You know, God, like, let me say what you want me to say. Give me the words that you want me to share about this particular person. Mm-hmm. Be okay with what I is I think you should go with the one that you say, ask the Holy Spirit what you need to say. Yeah. Because a lot of a lot of us, we like to fix people. Like we are in the intention of fixing people. And it's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. honestly, but it's a bad thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you have to go with the person in the sense of the heart of God. Because when you see somebody, I think one of the hardest things is you try to help somebody, but you know you can't help them in mm-hmm. that situation because there's nothing that you can do. You just sit over there and just wait. So mm-hmm. the biggest thing that you can offer out of anything else, you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you in that moment. You know, most of the times whenever I'm sitting around, I'm like, God, give me the voice to make an impact in somebody's life. If it's your will, if it's not, then I'm just going to listen and be quiet and move on. Because mm-hmm. not every word is meant to be stayed and everything else is, you know, uh, you can't. You know, you can't make the Holy Spirit do anything. And then you don't mm-hmm. want to be that person who's very wordy all the time just mm-hmm. because they always try to find a solution all the time. Because people can actually discern that. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, they just want to give advice. And then sometimes your advice won't make sense. So, and I know where you're coming from because you desire the gift of uh, a word of wisdom. And that's what you want. You desire. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you don't want to give the word of wisdom without the Spirit of God. Need to come from the spirit of God, so it's okay when people don't receive you, and it's okay when people don't understand you. That's fine, mm-hmm. but you know, allow the Holy Spirit to just move through you, and that's where the power is, exactly. because He knows okay. what, when, and who needs what. Mm-hmm. That's why He's called the Spirit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So He roams around, and, and He can that. also help you determine like when it's time to talk and when it's time for you to just listen because there are a lot of people yeah a lot of people who just want to talk and that's it yeah, yeah, yeah. and they just want to talk maybe some people like for me i like to talk so i can hear myself 
where I'm going wrong. I don't necessarily need somebody's advice on this if I say, what do you think about this? Because most of the times I just talk, 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 talk until I hear. So, and that's basically what happens. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just allow the Holy Spirit to, you know, uh, make you stronger in your discernment. He understands your desire. Just continue asking him and say, I need, um, you know, to have, you know, I want you to use me with the word of knowledge for people and wisdom. And I think you do have it. I think you just give yourself a hard time. Because a, a lot of times, word of wisdom is just giving understanding. Like, a lot of people think that it's a secret thing. Like, no, no, it's just counseling somebody with that intellectual way of understanding. And then that's why you go, somebody goes like, how did you know that? Because God operates in us. It's called the word of wisdom and um, you know knowledge. It's mm-hmm. discerning what to say and what not to say, and that is when the Holy Spirit is moving. So be at peace in that area because He mm-hmm. He moves. You know He probably impacts a lot of people. You know, and they tell you that, but you want specifically because you see it in other people. The mm-hmm. word of wisdom works differently in a person. So don't look at what you call What's his name? The one. Yeah, don't look at him and you know expect you know and then all this stuff comes with um uh knowledge and years of being next to god it's a maturity in the spirit Mm -hmm. so you might have just the tips of things but you have to mature in the spirit of god and everything you know i'm sure you noticed what miss janika posted it's maturity you Mm -hmm. can't be in the presence of god and think otherwise you can't go like this you have to mature Mm -hmm. mature 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 at first you're drinking milk so you mature in the word of God, you mature in the spirit of God, and that requires you staying closer to the presence of God and staying closer in, you know, to the word of God, knowing the word of God. You cannot mature and have things that are divided. No, you have to be a reader of the word. You have to be a prayer of a person. So you have to stay linked to God. And that's how you mature in the spirit of God. And that's how you're able to have that knowledge, wisdom, and power. Because, so, yeah. And that's where it comes from. Because a lot of people always go like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, you don't pray, you don't get. <laughs> you don't seek, you don't find. <laughs> Point blank, period. So those are the things that you have to understand. In, you know. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit blows whenever he wants to. Because one of the biggest things, I remember when the God gave me the gift of faith. And that was really powerful. I love the gift of faith. That was the only time I ever had one. Well, not really. But the one that was like definitely, and he, oper- he operated in a way that I was like, I know that I know that I know that nobody's gonna tell me anything. I know 100% this is what's gonna happen. That was a gift of faith. Like, no matter, it was like against all odds. You know, somebody was like, no, it's not gonna happen. I was like, nope, I know that I know. And then somebody was like, how did you know? I was like, because the Holy Spirit told me. <laughs> so, and that, but I didn't understand that was the Holy Spirit working. I mean, I knew it was the Holy Spirit, but I didn't understand that it was my gifting too at the same time. You know, it was kind of like God, you know, announcing himself in my life, like showing me little symbols, you know, here, there, like nibs, nibs. But he's like, seek me for more because you're more than that. Just like we see um, in the chapter we read about uh, Moses, you know, Moses knew what he was, but he didn't know what he was capable of, what, how much power he had from the God that he had. So your background. So those are the things that we have to understand. In order to have, you have to draw near to God mm-hmm. as he draws near to you. And he will, he will share your secret things. I think that's one of the biggest things. Because you see God, he tells you more things, intelligent things. I think one of the biggest things that I love 
that I'm looking forward to is um, I was watching this video about marriage and then this guy was like um, I was complaining what is it I don't know what he said I don't know who was wrong who was who, who was doing what but he was like I know his wife the power of marriage this is how God honors marriage speaking of marriage I looked at that I was like wow this is very profound that's why marriage is a mystery in itself because um, the, the lady gave a testimony she's like I wanted something from her I was so mad at my husband. I wanted something, but God was like, go ask your husband. <laughs> Does that make sense? He's like, I'm not going to hear you. I have to hear your husband. That's why it happens. So I tell people, like, the dynamic of marriage is like this. God, your husband, you. So this has to balance up. If this doesn't balance up, everything is late. That's why it's so hard for women when they pray. Because the uh, woman's head is a man's covering, whatever. I don't know how that word says, but that's the way it is. So it's hard. And it's very encouraging to understand that everything has to balance up in order to hear. And that it's very sad to know that God can do that. That's why I'm kind of scared sometimes. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I'm scared of that. I need my God to hear me when I'm praying. <laughs> so, but anyway. And then the other guy gave a testimony. He said that... Uh, his wife snitched on him. <laughs> so God told her, like, uh, God, because she prayed and said, my husband is doing this. Can you help me? And then God spoke to him and told him exactly what his wife said. And then he was like, did you tell God this? And she's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, he told me. So, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the power of marriage as one. Because um, we see it in Ecclesiastes. And Ecclesiastes says, uh, two, well, one or two together, and then three, you know, is a nice strong chord. So there you go. So those are the beautiful thing. I love that. It's very dynamic and it's very powerful. The Holy Spirit is very powerful. He is. Mm -hmm. You know, the more you draw closer to Him, the more, the more supernatural things that you get to experience and things. Some of the stuff is very. Um, profound in the sense of like when people talk to you they go like blah 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 but if you're not on the same level with people they're not gonna understand you so that's why sometimes me explaining something to you guys I'm like eh. not to be rude or anything like that but I do understand the person that can understand me is the person who's on the same level as me when it comes to prayer because it takes in order for you to unveil the things that are in the spirit realm it takes a lot of prayer. You have to be stayed up. And then you do lose power too because if you're not prayerful, you lose power. And I've seen that before. Because God tells me, well, you haven't been praying. How do you expect to trump over scorpions and whatever if you haven't been praying? Mm -hmm. So in order to be able to overcome in the spirit realm, you have to learn how to pray. You have to read the word of God. You have to be stable. You cannot uh, miss your rhythm. Yes, sometimes you're not going to feel like you want to pray. And I get like that sometimes. But if I have time to do a bunch of notes and stuff, I ask God to break me before I break him if I'm not breaking myself in his presence. And I think I was explaining to Philip yesterday, because um, I was telling him, I was like, sometimes I have a hard time praying, but whenever I'm gathered around a lot of people, the Spirit of God can move faster than it is by myself. Because guess what? By myself, I'm fighting more demons than I'm fighting than everybody's around me who's praying. Because mm -hmm. the Bible says when two or more agree, there I am in the midst, right? So it's more easier to get into the presence of God and to have that breakthrough, you know, whatever is going on in the spirit, to have it. And I was telling Philip, 
I was like, this is why I always told you guys, let's pray, let's pray, because I know when the Spirit of God moves, He agrees, because the enemy likes discord. So when things agree, there's no way the enemy can come, because guess what? There's so much power, and there's so much breakthrough, even though you guys sometimes don't understand, you know, sometimes God allows me to see in the Spirit and tells me what's going on, and then I can see all that stuff, and I'm like, you know, oh, I was like, this is cool. And that's what I was explaining to Philip last time. I was like, you know, I was like, I love it when we pray together because there's so much power and there's so much worship and you can feel the presence of God because everybody's in agreement and the power of God just moves and it's more easier than me sitting over there trying to pray. Yay! It's a lot of fighting. I'm like, God, why am I not getting in? <laughs> that's what I tell my daughter sometimes. Why am I not getting in? Let me in. I tell God like that. Let me in because you can tell when you're not, you when you're at the door. I'm like, let me in. I need to come in, you know, because when I'm at the door, there's so much distractions. There's so much, I'm thinking about something else. What am I going to do tomorrow? But when I'm in, I'm locked in and I can only see Jesus. And that's it. So that's, that's the power of prayer and fellowship and unity. Because when the Holy Spirit is the center of everything, there's so much breakthrough. A lot of people, whenever we pray, it's like, when you pray, and the reason I'm emphasizing this is because the Holy Spirit, you know, he's on me. When you pray, um, you are banking. You know what a banking? You're banking on prayers because you're praying for things that you don't understand. You're uttering utterances that you don't understand. And that's the reason why you guys walk in authority and walking around. Oh, you know, it could have been me. Uh, somebody prayed for you. Somebody interceded. Somebody did this. Somebody did Because somebody was praying in the Spirit for you in different languages to make sure that you were okay because the Holy Spirit was like, pray for this person, pray for that person. Like the other few days, what the Holy Spirit did, I prayed for my uh, baby cousins, no, my, my little twins. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. They just came to my memory and I prayed for them. And my cousin was like, I, I just got out of the hospital. He felt, my the baby felt better. And he's like, yeah, it was just weird. From nowhere, and then suddenly he just felt better. And I'm like, huh? Because uh -huh. <laughs> that's why the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit tells you something that, you know, people don't understand about themselves. Mm -hmm. He reveals mysteries. It's not like he wants to pick on people. It's because he's more, he loves it whenever you seek him with your hearts. It, it's very hard to pray. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's very hard to pray. But once you develop a habit of praying, you keep on going, it's hard to stop. It's a relationship, so you have to build it. Mm. You gotta keep on building, 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 and then through that, the Holy Spirit moves, and that's why, you know, the Holy Spirit moves in our lives in a way that, you know, it changes things and it gives things that, you know, he fa he he accelerates things. The more you pray, the more acceleration you have in your life because it's called favor because you took some time, and it's not about praying by yourself. Pray for yourself. If you don't have anything to pray for, pray for others. That's what I do. Don't pray for yourself. I don't, I don't have time to pray for myself most of the times because I don't have nothing else to say. I've, I think I already asked God what I need. <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> so, and that's the best thing. So I take my time and pray for people. Like, I literally pray for people. Mm. You know, because I have nothing else to do. Mm. So, um, so, and we see this, that you cannot buy the, um, the Holy Spirit. You know, He's freely given when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and we get baptized. He comes and dwells in us, which he, he is, you know, God in us, you know, the Holy Spirit is God in us, and he is the love in us, which is Jesus in us. So, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, they dwell in us. 
you know, even though we just say the Holy Spirit, but it's God in us, Jesus in us, everything in us. So, um, where am I? Just want to talk. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you would buy the gift of God with money. You have no heart or share in this unit. Um, ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. You know, because, and then sin tells us, like a lot of people, and we do that. Everybody, one of every one of us has, you know, sown in a word when somebody, you know, and that's one of the biggest things. I started realizing the truth of God. That's why I tell you guys, read the word of God so you can understand the truth of God. Because we like to give offering a lot. And then people tell us, so in this word, so in that word. You don't even know what you're sowing. You're buying a miracle that God has promised you. I'll give you an example. <laughs> I'll give you an example. You know how people be putting YouTube, they were putting marriage and stuff like that. And then all of us saw it. This word is good. And then you saw it in its and then it's marriage. You're basically buying your promise that God has already promised you. <laughs> you're paying for it again and again. Think about it. I thought about it. I was like, this is very foolish. Mm. And I was like, only if my heart allows me to sow in. You know, people should be able to give freely. Because God, if God has put you to something, he, He's faithful enough to provide every, you know, every part of your life. He's not. He, he will equip you. And the Bible says He will keep, equip us. You know, He owns all the riches and glory. So what... We do not lack anything. Like, God will give us. Mm -hmm. He will not call you to something without providing for you. Like, he will not call you to ministry without providing for you. Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't work that way. He'll find a way for you to, to be fed. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. One of my hardest things is that, you know, I tell God, I'm like, give me the ability to accumulate wealth with my own hands. But, you know, through you, of course. Mm -hmm. You know, when I do my ministry, because I want to be able to give to people. And that's what I want to do. But, you know, I don't want to get from people. But then again, you gotta be, you can't be prideful because you don't know if God is going to use people to the same thing that you don't want is the same thing that God uses. Mm -hmm. So, but I don't want to be asking for people, donating my word, sowing my word, no. That's the reason why I don't, like, you know, that's why I don't put, like, I would near, like I won't put the money thing, whatever you want to call it. The joint? The... Joint? No, like, cash app and stuff. Uh -huh. Like, the way people do, I would not do that. Nope. You know? I mean, I don't bash people who do that because, you know, people, you know, like Miss Shanika, she, she does the word of God, so I'm not going to lie. Like, she does, you know, full ministry, so to each according, God speaks differently. So, okay, let me not even say that because I don't know what life goes. <laughs> okay. So, you have no share in part, you have no share part, you have no part share or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wicked and pray to the Lord in hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are not, you are full of bitterness and captive to sin, captive to sin. Then someone answered, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. It is amazing that the same person who was, uh, we can assume that he was baptized because uh, Simon Peter, Peter came and baptized him, but he still had all those things, and he still, you know, wasn't full of the word, so therefore he was not, um, 
liberated from everything that was going on with him because he was still had the old mindset so sometimes we are safe but we still have the old mindset of our past and that is something you know that requires us to like someone did pray mm-hmm. repent all the time and overcome and surrender those are the things that i always think about praying surrendering and overcoming and moving forward mm-hmm. that is what it is the assignment be the answer please do the work for me so that nothing will Nothing you have said may happen to me after they have further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus. Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. Mm. Is that the right? Mm. Brazil. Oh, okay. <laughs> now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Philip, <laughs> go to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way, and he met an important unit, an important official in charge of the treasury of Kandek. Kandek means, which means queen of Ethiopia, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. On his way home, was sitting in his chair reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The Holy Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stare near. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come and sit with him. This is the passage of the scripture Luke was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearers, shearers, it's silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began that, Philip began with that, very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to the same water and they said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came out out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took him away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. I love um, this story because um, when the Holy Spirit, like literally, how many people can say that God can just take your body and put you somewhere else? Because people can be like, this is sorcery. <laughs> you know, so and I, I remember somebody saying on, on YouTube, and even Miss Lena Vaza, she says the Holy Spirit is going to be using people in a different dimension, and I do believe that because I used to feel it when I was a when I was a younger child. You know, I do believe that. I remember one time I experienced this out of the body shift. I'm not lying to you. I was driving, and then literally my body moved away from my body, and then I was like, "What the heck is going on?" 
Like I felt like a not even a vertical shift. I think I complained about that. I, I think I called <laughs> mom. I was like, I almost got in an accident because I was like, what in the world is going on? Like literally, mm-hmm. I I saw my body moving. I couldn't grip my um my my steering wheel, and I was like, what the heck is going on? And I was like, this is kind of crazy. And I screamed. That's how bad it was because I was scared. So I was like, what in the world? I was like, did I die? What? Yeah. <laughs> I screamed. And then suddenly my body went back to normal. And I was like, this is not a vertical shift. Because I know a vertical shift makes you feel dizzy and you feel like you need some sugar and blah, blah, blah. I was like, this was out of the body experience. And it was for a second. And I was like, what the heck is going on? I screamed, Jesus, what the heck is going on? Like, I couldn't understand. So for me, in that sense, you know, I understand. Like, a lot of people wouldn't believe that. But I've heard stories whereby people have been transported like they were supposed to be, go somewhere in a few minutes and they got there in like they were supposed to be late for something but they got there like they didn't even know how they got there but they got there yeah i remember that story from zero so i never dispute that but for me in that sense i'm like you know because when something happens to us we tend to be like i'm just gonna brush it off you know and that's me like when i either when i have like night tears when i see things I'm just like, I'm just gonna brush it off. <laughs> you know, I'm, it's normal. Like, let's just keep on moving. So, and then part of this life, it's like a lot of people separate the supernaturalness of God and understand that, you know, God, Jesus said that, you know, when I send the Holy Spirit, you know, you would do great signs and wonders more than I did. Can you imagine? More than what Jesus did. So that's a promise. And um, so I'm looking forward to that because, you know, um, Joel reminds us, you know, sons and daughters will prophesy and I'll pour out my spirit to all, you know, and I believe that we are in the setting of the incoming of the Holy Spirit because a lot of people are prophesying and a lot of people are moving in the spirit of God, but a lot of us are lacking a lot of faith because we do not believe the supernatural of God when God says I am spirit and those who worship me must worship in spirit and truth and a lot of us want to separate God as a spirit right he's a spirit and therefore in order for us to understand him we have to dwell in in the fullness of him which basically you know praying seeking him with all hearts mind and soul and to understand the secret things because um uh, Daniel chapter 2 verse 2 talked about you know he sees all hidden things um, hold on let me read that 2 verse 22 yeah Daniel chapter 2 verse 22 that's my favorite verse 2 to 2 mm-hmm. it's also one of um, the the numbers that I kept on seeing because you know with all the differentiation where is Daniel First of all, where are you? After Ezekiel. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Verse 22, it says, He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in the dark. And light dwells with him. So, and then also this reminds me of Jeremiah chapter 33. Call unto me and I'll answer and I'll show you all hidden things that you have not yet known. And there's secret things that people don't understand. And um, you have to really have faith to believe that, you know, he will show you the secret things mm-hmm. of, you know, everything else. Um, yeah, God speaks and God shows everything. He shows in the um, in his secret places. And so we have to understand that um, a lot of people try to separate, you know, the spirit of God with 
his power and the vastness of signs, wonders, and miracles. For me, I'm always looking for, going back to the question that I asked everybody, what would I like for God to do? Mm. Ever since I was little, I believed in miracles. And I think God used my, me having HIV to make me pursue him because I want a miracle and I want to see it. And I believe I'm going to see it because, you know, God has showed me that. So I'm going to testify to that. Now, how am I going to get it? How am I going to do it? That's a mystery by itself. Mm-hmm. You know, I've asked him so many times, a thousand times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've asked him so, so much to heal me. And I always tell him, this is how I vibe God. I was like, if you heal me, make sure you heal Auntie, Auntie uh, Joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, if you heal me. I was like, I, if I were to choose my healing, can you give it to her? Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Like, if I were to choose, I was like, if you can't heal both of us, at least give my healing to her. You know, because me, I can walk and can do stuff. I can drink and everything. I'm fine. But if we had to do that, I would lay my life for her. Mm. You know, because some people do serve more. So, and that's the thing. So, um, and I just, I enjoy the power of how the Holy Spirit was moving. And I don't think we should be uncomfortable when the Spirit of God can do such a thing. Because some things are unexplainable. <laughs> The miracles of God are unexplainable. Unless if you experience them, unless if you experience them yourself, then you can vouch for God, because the working that the Holy Spirit does is individual. That's what I. He works according to uh, everyone's faith. That's what I know. Mm-hmm. If you limit Him, that's the way it is. He's going to be a limited God. But if you allow Him, He's going to be an exceeding God. You know, full of whatever it is. So however you see God is how he is in your life, actually. So if you allow him to operate in freedom in your life, he will show himself to be God. But if you put him in a box, he's always not going to expand himself because you put him in a box. You put your God in a box. But if you lead by faith, you live a life of faith. So, and that is it. That is it. The Holy Spirit was... <laughs> he helped me out because I'm tired. Yeah. I feel like I was just saying, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even you were still talking the whole time. I was like... Oh, you uh, want to uh, pray us out? <clears throat> yeah. Mm, okay. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you, O God, that you are so good and that you are amazing, O God. We thank you, O God, for all the signs and wonders that follow us, O God. Father God, your word says that we are blessed going out and we're blessed coming in, O God. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, O God. May your word continue, O God, to bring healing to our hearts. May your word bring... Father God, help us, O God, to fall in love with who you are, my Father God. To understand that the life that we live is temporary and fleeting, O God. To understand that, you know, we do not have the authority over our lives, O God. That everything belongs to you, O God. Even when you say in Ecclesiastes, you know, that we move as though, you know, we know what's going to 
happens more when I feel like I have a union. We thank you, O God, for the gift of life. And we thank you, O God. We thank you, O God, for your word. For your word is alive, O God. And Father God, help us, O God, to lean in to you and to understand who you are in our lives, O God. And Father God, help us, O God. To understand, O God, that you are our strength, O God, in every area of our lives, O God. Father God, I pray for each and every person, each and every heart. Father God, I pray, O God, that your Holy Spirit may just bring healing, O God, in areas of our lives, O God. Help us, O God, to mirror you, O God. Help us, O God, not to limit who you are, my Father God. Open up our hearts, O God, to desire your word, O God, and to have that quality time, O God. Father God, I also pray, O God, for each and every person, O God, even as they start their week, O God. That this week, O God, may your Holy Spirit, may he move according to his plan and according to his will for each and every person, O God. Father God, we just come against every hindering spirit, every contrary spirit, any demonic forces, O God. Father God, we come against every monitoring spirit tonight, Father God. You close down, O God. Father God, according to Psalms 91, O God, we just ask you, O God, that you may just hide us in your wings, O God. That under your shadow, my Father God, we will dwell in the name of Jesus Christ, O God. Father God, we pray, O God, for more wisdom, for more courage, O God. We thank you, O God, for your goodness and your mercy, O God. We thank you, O God, that we stand before kings and not men, my Father God. We thank you, O God, for your love, your peace, and your joy. And we ask you right now, O God, the Holy Spirit, just 